Joshua chapter 3, Joshua chapter 3 verse 1 is where we're going to start today. And it says this, Joshua started early the next morning and left the Acacia Grove with all the Israelites. They went as far as the Jordan and stayed there before, before crossing. After three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God carried by the Levitical priests, you are to break camp, every shout break camp, and follow it, all right? So the Bible says right here, and Joshua's encouraging them, like, when this, when this Ark of the Covenant comes by, I want you to break camp. I want you to get ready. I want you to pack up the tents. I want you to stuff your sleeping bags, get the provision you need, break camp, and follow it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Break camp and follow it. Verse 4 is what I really want us to hear today, and it says this. It says, but keep a distance of about 1,000 yards between yourselves and the Ark. Do not go near it. So that you can see the way to go, for you haven't traveled this way before. So today as we begin our brand new series, Selfies on Everest, I want to speak to you from the subject, follow the Sherpa. Follow the Sherpa. As we look at breaking camp and going places in faith that we have never gone before. We pray with me just one more time. Jesus, we need your voice, not my voice. We need your words, not my words. So speak to us now. We're listening. Our hearts are ready to receive from you. In Jesus' mighty name, come on and everybody shouted. <clears throat> Show hands, how many of you would say that you are like me and that getting lost has a large part of your life? <laughs> the, we're, the, we're the directionally impaired in here. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? And I, I would consider myself that. Uh, I have a tendency to get lost when I go places, especially in the wilderness. Um, uh, my family bought me a watch so that I have uh, a topographical map and a waypoint thing and a marker, like a sonar and a radar and a holla at your boy, like all the things, right? So that if I got lost, people could find me and it was all my watch. And so it was this, uh, it was this really funny moment a couple years ago. I went camping with friends and I decided to just kind of wander off. Like we were fishing and camping and we were in this area and, and apparently there's rules of the wilderness, which is you don't wander off alone. Come on, somebody. And uh, so I got out in the woods, and I was gone for a couple hours. I got lost by myself for a couple hours. I had this whole revenant moment where I thought I was going to be eaten by a bear, and, uh, and it was just a chipmunk, really. But, um, <laughs> and then last year, I went on a snowmobiling trip with friends again, and there's this cat track that you're supposed to stay on. But, like, I live underneath this, this philosophy. Where we are going, we don't need any roads. Come on, somebody. And so I decided to take my, my snowmobile off in another direction and then once again lost for hours and then more people got lost looking for me. Then people got stuck on the side of the mountain. We thought they were going to have to call a helicopter for them. It was like a big ordeal. And uh, I have a tendency to get lost when I go because there's something inside of me that when I like engage in this expedition, this journey, like how many of you are like me where like you create this whole new world in your head? You know what I'm talking about? Like when I get into the woods, like everything, like I feel like I just, just could, call, I, I'm going to chop down trees to build a fort. I don't need a tent, right? I'm going to cook animals from the trees. And like, that's my, that's how my headspace is. I love the idea of adventuring. I love the idea uh, of setting out. And I think for many of us this year, this new year, this new decade, it represents new territory. It represents places and spaces that we've never been to and been a part of before. And if we're honest, for many of us, it can look like we're getting ready to climb Everest. The problem that many of us face 
is that we will break camp without a proper guide. We will break camp and we will try to navigate our own journey. We will develop resolutions. We will create plans. We will put together lists. We will create lofty goals. Yet rarely in all of those doings do we consult with and engage God in the moments of breaking camp. And if you're like me, if we're honest, this is what happens. And maybe you spent 2019 feeling like this. I felt like this in moments. When I break camp without consulting my guide, I find myself lost. How many of you agree with me that 2019 contains some moments where you felt like I have gotten off track and I've gotten a little lost? There's so many moments that I faced and I was like, man, I just feel lost right now. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. And I think the problem that many of us face is that we, we engage in a new series called Selfies on Everest and it's all about moving forward. It's all about climbing these mountains that are in front of us. But the problem is, is that if we're not careful, we may try to get to the top and when we get to the top, we're taking a selfie. There's no one with us. We've left our relationships. We left the people that are walking with us and we left the guide who ultimately needs to lead us there. And so at the end of the day, this, this series and this message that I want to dig in today is I want to deal with this idea of what it means to follow the Sherpa. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16 says it like this. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Right? What is your life? Or what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, this is what we should say. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this and do that. But as it is, we boast in our arrogance. And all such boasting is evil. But don't we do that? Come on, like, if we're just honest, like a therapeutic moment, how many of us say, like, we're really good at thinking we've got it all together? Right? right? We're really good at believing like we are our best guide. But come on, show hands. Once again, therapy. how many of you would say that when we've tried to guide our own lives in our own world, we've gotten lost? We've gotten off track. The rest of you are lying. So, um, <laughs> right? But this is what we, we take matters into our own hands. We come up with our own plans. We set our own course many times for a place and a destination that we have no idea about. And then we're surprised when four weeks into the new year, we're just as frustrated as we were at the end of 2019. <laughs> we're just as lost as we were at the end of 2019. We're just as put out as we were at the end of 2019. And then we get frustrated and we give up four weeks in. It's because we tried to set out to a destination that we had no idea about. We've grown weary, we've grown frustrated, and we're just a couple weeks in. <laughs> At the base camps of Mount Everest, there are people known as Sherpas. The name they've been given speaks to both their title, their ethnic heritage, and familial lineage. The Sherpa people are not just a necessity, but they are a requirement if you and I are going to set out to climb Mount Everest. One such Sherpa is known as Kami Rita Sherpa. He's not just any mountain guide, but he is the world record holder for summiting Everest. He has notched up 24 ascents to the top in his time and in his life. He's known as one of the greatest and most knowledgeable climbers and Sherpa of the mountain. When asked about climbing Everest, Kami Rita simply put it like this, without a Sherpa, there is no expedition. 
And this is why I think Proverbs 16 verse 9 is such an important verse for us to grab as we begin this process of breaking camp and stepping out in faith. Watch what it says, Proverbs 16 verse 9. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. Come on, somebody. Right? We, we plan our way. We, determine, we set the course but in our hearts, but God determines the actual steps that we're going to take. And while Jesus has probably never been defined by any of us as a Sherpa or labeled as a Sherpa, like the Sherpas of Everest, he has been called something very similar, and that is a shepherd. Not just any shepherd, but the good shepherd. Come on, someone shout good shepherd. The good shepherd, the shepherd of our soul. Listen to John chapter 10, verse 11. It says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, he leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. See, the good shepherd, Jesus, asks us to not just know him, but to follow him. And see, for many of us, 2019 marks a year where we attempted this thing called life without the proper guide. Albert Schweitzer, in his work, The Quest of the Historical Jesus, said it like this. He said he comes to us, speaking of Jesus, as one unknown, without a name, as of old, by the lakeside. He came to those men who knew him not. He speaks to us the same words. Follow thou me. And sets us to the task to which he has to fulfill for our time. He commands, and to those who obey him, whether they be wise or simple, he will reveal himself in the toils, the conflicts, the sufferings, which they shall pass through in his fellowship. And as an ineffable mystery, they shall learn in their own experience, I love this, who he is. In other words, when we set to break camp, follow Jesus in faith, to follow the good shepherd. When we try to climb the mountain in front of us, that is the process of actually getting to know the goodness of the good shepherd. Check this out. The only way we know the goodness of the good shepherd is to allow ourselves to be shepherded by him. So we have a good shepherd who leads us. We have a good shepherd that guides us. We have a good shepherd who goes before us and prepares a way. And, and as we prepare to break camp and step out in faith this year and this new decade, I believe that it's vital that we understand what a good Sherpa does, all right? What a good shepherd does. And so to do this today, we're going to look at three behaviors of the mountain Sherpas on Everest. And then we're going to kind of correlate them with Jesus. You guys tracking with me so far? So we're going to look at what Sherpas do. And it's going to be amazing how we're going to discover over the next few minutes how the Good Shepherd does the same thing, all right? But I need your help this morning. Come on, we're shot number one. one. First thing is this, they predict and analyze weather that will impact the journey. They predict and analyze weather that will impact the journey. Psalm 32, verse 8, I love this verse. It says this, I will instruct you and I will show you the way to go. Come on. With my eye on you, I will give you counsel. One of the greatest reasons that we tend to shy away from stepping out in faith and climbing the mountain, whatever that mountain may be in our lives, is because we tend not to be able to adjust to the change of weather that accompanies our journey. 
Come on, am I talking to anybody today? The weather is going to change. I remember I took my kids hiking a couple years ago. Erica was still pregnant with Eliana, our, our, our third child, and so she didn't get to come that day, and I grabbed the two biggins, and we, we set off. But before we set off, Erica was being a good Sherpa, and <laughs> she was getting clothes for us, and we were packing lunch and everything like this, and, and I'll never forget, we went into the high Uintas. We had about a two-mile hike down to this lake that I wanted to bring them to, and I was going to fly fish in and, and everything like that. So we get out of the car, and I don't know if you've ever been to the Uintas, even in the summertime, in the morning, it is still frigid right? Like you're, I mean, we're up high when we get up there. So we got out and you could still see our breath. And, and so I started piling clothes on the kids, right? It was jeans and big old woolly socks. And, and, and then we put shirts on and long shirts on and jackets on. I'm piling clothing, 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 like to the point where Shiloh, she couldn't even put her hands down. She was just like, <laughs> right? I just push her over. And um, so we're getting all these warm clothes on, getting ready for, for our journey. And, and my, my son's like, Dad, what, like, what are we doing? Like, why are you giving us all these clothes? We're going for a hike. And something came out of my mouth that I think rings true for this moment. I said to my son, I said, buddy, we need to be prepared for any type of weather that we're going to face up here. Because if you've ever climbed a mountain before, if you've ever went on a hike before and played around in the mountains, how many of you would agree with me? The weather can change on a dime, right? You could be sitting in 75 and sunny, and 37 seconds later, it's a hailstorm and you're being struck by lightning. <laughs> right? Snowstorm at the top of the mountain. Like, it, it, it changes on a dime. See, one of the greatest reasons that so many expeditions have become both dangerous and deadly on Everest is because of weather. And without an experienced Sherpa, the journey turns from dangerous to deadly. I want us to hear this today. The weather is going to change. K-Love moment, and it's not always going to be favorable. Right? Let me say that one more time. It's not always going to be favorable. I know we want the good news, right? We want to come to church and be like, weather's always favorable. Yay! 75 and sunny. Which sounds so awesome right now. (laughs) How many could use a good beach right now? (laughs) There's my amens. (laughs) See, it's not always going to be favorable. So many times we give up on the journey because the weather is not favorable weather. Here's what I want us to hear. If we are only fair weather climbers, we will never ascend to the places that God has for us. If, <laughs> if we are fair weather climbers, we will never ascend to the places that he has for us. Right? When we need everything to be perfect, when we need all the weather out that's like 75 and sunny, it's a good day for climbing. I'm never going to climb because the weather's never going to be like that all the time. The weather of our lives is never going to be like that all the time. The weather of culture is changing. I think we're, we're living in this moment that's such an important moment, such a vital moment for the church. And what I'm noticing, at least through media outlets and being around the people that I'm around, there's a lot of us who are freaking out because the weather of the culture is changing. Can I just tell you, when we have the good shepherd, I do not need to worry about the weather of culture. It's going to change, but he's never going to change. He's my good shepherd. He knows what's going on. You think God's surprised right now? Oh, what happened? I had no idea. He's not surprised. The weather of culture, it's going to change and is changing. The weather of our relationships, it's going to change. 
The weather of our finances is going to change. The weather of our health, it's going to change. The weather of our job, it's going to change. The weather of politics, it's going to change. And guess what? It's not always going to be favorable. Did you know that in this culture right now, in the world that we're living in, being a Christian could get harder? Can I just, can I be your pastor right now? If being a Christian is only a part of who we are, if being a Christ follower is who we are only when things are easy, when the weather is nice, when I have all the blessings, when everything is awesome, right? Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? It's fair weather climbing. I just want to encourage us today that even though the weather changes, we have a good shepherd that instructs us in the way that we should go. He dresses us accordingly for the weather that we are in. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 says this, Finally be strengthened by the Lord and his vast strength. Put on the full, here it is right here, put on the full armor of God. In other words, get dressed for the weather. Right? That you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you are able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything, take your stand. Stand therefore with truth like a belt, right, around your waist. Righteousness like armor on your chest, your feet sandaled with readiness of the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Come on, someone shout, get dressed. (laughs) We got to get dressed for the climb. If we're going to get to the top of Everest, we got to get dressed for the climb, right? No one's walking up to the top of Everest in shorts and a t-shirt. You got to get dressed accordingly. And here's the thing about it is that, that the Sherpas, they predict and analyze weather that will impact the journey. And they help us get dressed accordingly. Come on, everybody, shot number two. Here's the second thing. You with me so far? It says this. Here's the second one. They understand the terrain and develop specific routes for the journey. They understand the terrain and develop specific routes for the journey. This is one of my favorite Psalms. Many of us have heard this before. We've read it before. I want to maybe shed new light on it. Psalm 23 verses 1 to 4 says this, the Lord is my shepherd, or the Lord is my Sherpa. I have what I need. This is where it gets really good, right? I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. How many of you think that sounds beautiful? He lets me lie down in green. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his namesake. Verse four, even though I go through the darkest valley, I won't pause right there. See, for many of us, this is where we flip the scripture and we make it metaphorical. This is where we look at the scripture and we go, well, see, right there, when I'm feeling fear, when I'm feeling anxiety, when it's dark and everything, and we make it very personal at that level. And you can, you can use the scripture, you can look at it metaphorically like that. But at the end of the day, what we have to understand about Psalm 23 is that the writer understood shepherding at a base value level. So he he knew what shepherding was, what it looked like. He was a shepherd. And so at the end of the day, he writes this. He says, watch this. Even when I go through the darkest valley, can I just, can I share something with you? 
He's being led through the darkest valley. Did you hear that? The shepherd is leading him. That's why he says this, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they beat me, they humiliate me, they hurt. (laughs) What do they do? They comfort me. Come on, am I talking to anybody this morning? And so for many of us, we don't like this because this is a really difficult scripture for you to have a hold of because this, it's tricky for us to navigate because we've bought into the idea that we can take any path that we want. We can go any direction that we want and end up at the same place. Here's the truth. Not every path is created equally. And we have to stop with the idea that they are. I can choose my own path for sure. I can choose whatever path I want to. I have free will, but I have to remember that my free will does not always align with God's will. And because of that, I am open to potentially choose paths. Come on, somebody that have ramifications and consequences to them. Right? So like at the end of the day, this dark valley, like shepherds were known for leading their sheep on treacherous paths, sometimes with cliffs on the side. So the rod and the staff, when he's talking about it comforting him, it's because that rod and that staff was keeping the sheep on line. Other words, little sheepy falls off cliff. (laughs) Come on, somebody, right? So then we say things like this. We say, God is love and he loves me. So therefore I can do what I want. There will be no consequences. There will be no ramifications or otherwise because he has grace. It's this type of thinking and believing that causes so much harm in our journey of faith. Because then we go down certain paths and then we're frustrated and disillusioned because we're not having to deal with what we thought we wouldn't have to deal with all in the name of God's love. Come on. If God's trying to lead me down a path... And this little sheepy over here is like, no. (laughs) Come on, somebody, right? And I decide to go down a different path, a path where I don't have a shepherd guiding me. How many of you know I can get myself into some real trouble? And then I get mad at the shepherd. And the shepherd's been leading me the whole time. I just chose a different path. I know this is where the church gets really quiet. (laughs) No, no, I don't don't like it. Listen to what the, the psalmist says. Your rod and your staff, they... Comfort me. All right? Here's what I want you to hear. The pain of the shepherd's correction is far less severe than the pain of our miscalculation. Did you guys hear that this morning? The pain of the shepherd's correction is far less severe than the pain of our miscalculation. And these are the aspects of God's nature, his close comforting presence and his awesome, fearsome glory. He's attuned to us, he knows us, but at the same time he corrects us. I wanna show you a picture because this is really important for us to understand. Remember the Sherpa, the shepherd, prepares a path. We're gonna throw this picture up. This is on Everest. You guys see this right here? (laughs) So, So this is one of the ascents in order to get to one of the base camps, right? Now you look at that and you go, um, for some of us in here, we're like stoked. You're gonna run out of church right now and start like Googling how to climb Everest when, okay? And I'd be with you, so let me know. Um, but 
This, this point of reference right here, this was in an article that I, was, that I was researching and reading. The Sherpas, before your expedition gets to this point, the Sherpas have already climbed to that point to make sure that those ladders and those, reps, those ropes are set for you. So what you need to understand at the end of the day is that a good Sherpa, a good shepherd, he goes before you, he knows the topography, he knows the cliffs that you're going to have to climb, he's gone before you, he's set up the ladders, he's set up the ropes, he's cleared the path, and he says, follow me, I'm going to lead you through some spaces and places, but we're going to get to the top, baby, we're going to get to the other side of this thing, we're going to climb Mount Everest. So that's why Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 30 says this, the Lord your God who goes before you, he'll fight for you. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, the Lord, who, the one who will go before you, he will be with you. He will not leave or abandon you. Isaiah 45 2, I will go before you and I will level the uneven places. So you have to understand as we follow the good shepherd, he's gone ahead of us to prepare, check this out, the best path for us. You know, the good shepherd, he's gone before our marriage, and he's led a good path. And then like two little sheep, her and I have to decide whether I want to follow the shepherd or if I want to follow myself. If we want to follow the shepherd or if we want to follow ourselves. As a leader and as a pastor, I got to decide every day that I'm going to follow the shepherd or I'm going to follow my shell, myself. If I'm going to follow my Sherpa, and if I'm honest with you, so many moments in my life, can I be honest with you this morning? There's been so many moments in my life where I've gotten, can we throw that picture back up? I've gotten to proverbial cliffs like this in my life. I had no ladders and I had no ropes because that wasn't the cliff I was supposed to climb. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to climb that one. And he's like yelling over here, yo, I got ladders. I'm like, no, I got my own way. Is it possible in 2019, many of us stood at cliffs without ropes and ladders because we decided not to follow the Sherpa. We decided to climb mountains on our own. And I just want to declare today that when we follow the good shepherd, he's got ropes, he's got ladders, he's got chutes and ladders, he's got what you need to do the journey. Come on, anybody excited this morning? (laughs) All right, number three, every shot number three? Here's the last one. They offer suggestions, employ tools, and provide the resources necessary for the journey. Philippians chapter four, verses 19 to 20. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let me say that one more time. That's That's a good verse. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My son, we went on this hiking expedition we got to the, to the lake that we were going to, and uh, when we got down there, we're sitting there, and I'm getting stuff like out, and we're going to try to go fishing and try to do these things and everything like that, and we're getting hungry. It was lunchtime, so Justice like chimes up, and he's like, hey, Dad, can we have grilled cheese? 
It's like, son, we are in the wilderness right now. No, you're not going to have grilled cheese. <laughs> oh, dad, I really wanted grilled cheese. What's for lunch? And he was like disappointed. Like, what's for lunch, dad? Not grilled cheese. What's for lunch? So I pulled out of the bag, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Because that's like, that's what you take. <laughs> when you go out in the wilderness, come on, Sam, how many of you know what I'm talking about, right? Father, son, Holy Spirit, peanut butter, jelly sandwich. That's <laughs> what I take in the wilderness every time. So he was disappointed that he was having to eat on this expedition this peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I had to like work through this process with a buddy. Like I would have had to bring all this stuff. Okay, like I'll do all these things to have a grilled cheese sandwich. But he was like, it was what he wanted. All right. But it wasn't what he needed. And I think for many of us, we don't grow up out of that moment. Many of us, we're shouting at God. And we're like, God, I want a grilled cheese sandwich with prosciutto. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> right? I want, th- I want this. And, and, and we think that God's greatest desire is to give us what we want. But can I tell you as a good shepherd, it's not always about what we want. As the sheep, it's what we need as the sheep. And can I just say, like, for many of us, this journey that we're on right now, we may never have a grilled cheese sandwich. It may just be peanut butter and jelly. These articles I was reading and some of the study that I was doing on these Sherpas, it's pretty amazing. And one of the, uh, one of the things that the Sherpa people have to do is as they're, as they're climbing, there's a certain moment at a certain base camp where you've gotten so high in altitude that the next couple ascents and then getting to the top requires oxygen. Everybody on the expedition, they pack their bag, they're carrying their bag, they've got weight in their bag, and they've got food and different supplies and everything like that. But the Sherpa's main job is to not only lead them, but he carries an even greater responsibility for the resource of the expedition. And one of the things that they carry besides food and other things is they carry oxygen tanks, not big ones, not like scuba oxygen tanks, right? But they carry these portable oxygen tanks. And so I read this article and they were interviewing one of the Sherpas. I'm gonna paraphrase what the article says, but for the sake, just kind of hear what their heart was behind it. And this is what the Sherpa said. He said, it's really interesting because on many of these expeditions, when we get past this threshold, when we get to this point where they start to need oxygen, if left to their own, they would take what they wanted instead of what they needed, failing to realize that they would use all the oxygen necessary to not just get up to the top, but to get back down. And he says this, they would die at the top of the mountain. Because at the end of the day, if we're honest, our human faculties so many times, they don't allow us to stop where we need to stop. We keep on going to what we want. And because he's a good shepherd, I have what I need, but not always what I want. But he's gonna go before me. He's gonna make sure that the path is taken care of. And then he's gonna make sure that he aligns in my life in every single moment, in every single base camp, in every single ascent. He's gonna make sure that I have the necessary things to survive to the top and to get back down. Why? Because the good shepherd does not want me to die at the top. These expeditions would run 
out of oxygen if just left to themselves. And I don't know about you, but there's been some times where I've just shouted at God, God, I want, I want, I want. But come on, like, can we be honest? Many times we treat God like this cosmic vending machine, just hailing quarter-sized prayers at him that I'll start with God I want versus trusting the good shepherd with what I need. See, part of the deal is, is he doesn't want you to just get to the top. Come on, there's 55 more mountains for us to climb. The mountain in front of you, can I just encourage you, is not the only mountain that you're going to climb. There's more mountains. And like Paul, we can set course and we can get to the end of it all and we can say, I have finished the race. I have done what I've been called to do. I ascended and I descended and I ascended again and I descended again and I climbed again and I went down again. And the whole time I followed my shepherd. I followed my Sherpa and I'm at my homies and I had my crew with me and we walked together and we followed the shepherd. And when we got to the top, I didn't take a selfie. I took a group picture and my shepherd was not in the back but he was in the front because that's who I needed to follow I didn't say this in any service but check this out some of us are holding our own phones for the group photo and we need to give that phone over to the good shepherd so he can be in the front side so his face is right there come on somebody but for many of us, my concern is that our Sherpa is going to be in the background, having to photobomb the photo. But what if we just said, hey, Shepard, take the phone. You take the picture at the top. And I don't want you standing. I don't want any of us taking selfies on Everest. Group photos. With the Shepard holding the phone. He got us there. He led us there. We didn't get there on our own. We didn't set up those ladders. We didn't set up those robes. We didn't hold the oxygen tanks. We didn't hold all the food. We didn't set and make course for the top of the mountain. The good shepherd did. The Sherpa did. He's leading us to the top. He's leading us to the backside of this thing. He's the one who's going to get us there. So at the outset of this series, selfies on Everest. Can we follow the good shepherd? Can we be the type of people that set out in 2020? I'm not going to do this alone. I'm going to consult the guide. And I'm going to follow the Sherpa. In Jesus' name.